Hello. It is everybody's favorite day of the week, and that's a Friday. And with Friday comes many things, but your favorite part of every Friday is learning Fantasy Football Friday here in the den. Yeah, it's definitely, I know, most people I know, they have to, uh, when they wake up, they just wake up and the, their first thought is, man, I can't wait to listen to Fantasy Football Friday. I mean, how can it not be? <clears throat> I mean, this is like everyone's reason to get through the week. Whether you're yeah. working 9 to 5, whether you're in college, whether you're in high school, come Friday, you just wake up with a sense that you're like, wow, I get to listen to Fantasy Football Friday today. Yeah, it just gives everyone kind of a sense. And, you know, our Wednesday episode gives you a nice little midpoint to help you get to Fantasy Football Friday. And, and once you get here, there's a sense of accomplishment. You know, another week down, you're gritting, you're grinding, you're getting through the life. And uh, now we're here and we're going to bless you guys with another beautiful episode. I mean... Don't forget, we kind of gave him a treat with the holiday season of another Dog Den vlog. Still watch it if you haven't checked it out. It's a great video, and I yes, think we have please, another one coming please. to you very soon. Yes, definitely. And before we touch on the, all the football stuff, I would like to talk about some um, some unconventional conventional sports that we don't normally talk about, which one of them being bocce. Uh, we've, been <laughs> we've been playing bocce in gym, and, you know, last year... Took home the championship, um, won me a cannoli, but turns out Mr. Raider didn't have any cannolis last year, so I got cookies. I was very pleased with cookies. You know, it still tastes better when you win it. You know, it's still, you know, that symbol It's a of, sense of victory. Yes. And this year, what do I do? I go back to back. I go back to back. That, what else are you going to do? Gym class bocce, you you got to take it home. You just have to. It's, it's something you got to do, so, you know... Today, period seven gym, Mr. Philip Cohen's class, my man. Um, Shout out. I know you started listening, Mr. Cohen. Yes, I know you did. I, I actually got an interview with the man, the myth, the legend today after like hot off, like I'm talking like minutes off my bocce win in the championship with my teammate, Meyer Goldberg. Shout out to him. He, he was a very vital part of the team, uh, helped a lot for sure. But what I was trying to get to is me eating my cannoli after I won, and it just, I don't even like cannolis that much. Like, there's a little bit too much cream, but it just, it tastes so much better when you win it. And I mean, it, and it's just, it's, it's a sense of accomplishment and victory, and it's a beautiful thing. It really just put me in a good mood. Yeah, so I want to touch on my bocce experience today, too. Didn't yeah, Jimmy's end, the biggest choke job of all time. Didn't, didn't end the way I wanted to. I definitely, for... I'm not going to explain the situation because I bet a lot of you don't know the rules of bocce. But anyway, oh, they know. I had a uh, Cody Parkey moment, uh, maybe in a role this Chapman against Altuve moment. And want to know what, you know, it really stinks. I wish I could do more for my team, but I also have an interview with Mr. Cohen, Aftermath. And so maybe maybe we'll get those interviews oh, we'll get those up on out. the Instagram. Oh, we'll get those out. Maybe the Instagram, maybe it'll be a part of the next vlog. Who knows? We'll get it but out to you. So I also, you guys I also can... want to touch on the cannoli. Is that I can't even eat cannoli, but oh. I was working for it. You know, well, I should hope so. Just because, like, I I might have like put my cannoli in the fridge for the next ten years, just as a representation of my victory in gym class. But want to know what I blew it, and I let my teammate down. But want to know what 
it happens in sports. You got to overcome it. Oh, I won't be back at bocce. I have to live with it the rest of my life. Yeah, that's probably, that might be the last competitive bocce game you ever play. <laughs> no, John, it will be. And you are just going to wake up every morning knowing that you choked the biggest bocce game of your life. Well, look, Cody Parkey doesn't have a job anymore, so, yeah, but so. I got I to gotta carry that loss into other things in life and, you know, use it, use it as a difference to make me be more competitive and more clutch in tough situations. Yeah, and someone else who took a suffered a bocce loss today is our fantasy football expert, Riley Warecki. He has not been very active this far in the podcast, but now is his time to shine. I'm just listening like all the other listeners on here, and I'm just uh, kind of, what's the word? Soaking I'm it to, in. I'm just soaking it in, this this great experience of them talking about their bocce. My bocce didn't go as planned either. I had the best team in my in my gym class. We were, Who we was were, your teammate? Thomas the Bagel Man. Okay, uh, is so he nice at bocce. We were, uh, yeah, he's pretty good actually, and we were we were ready to go. I mean, easily the best team. We I don't think we lost a singular regular season bocce game the rest of the or the, the earlier gym classes. Either. So we got we got put on the last court and we had to work our way all the way up to the first, and that's how you become victorious. And we ran out of time before we can even play our championship game. So. Yeah, we didn't get to play on the championship court, so we, we suffered a second-place loss, and we didn't even lose a game. So it was a tough way to go out, but those cannolis did look pretty delicious, though. I'm kind of mad I didn't get one. Yeah, that is tough. I do feel for you. That that doesn't really sit right with me. No. You know, if, I, if that was me in that situation, I probably would have been screaming, yelling, and complaining like a little girl. Yeah. But um, I was fortunate enough um, to have enough time. Uh, Meyer and I did start in the last court. We go unbeaten, you know. It was a thing of beauty, but I'm going to stop myself there. But there is one other sport I'd like to talk about, and that is badminton. I, <laughs> I love badminton. It's a great sport, and Mrs. Duhamel, my writing and communications teacher today, uh, we were talking about it, and I'm like... Who's also a Dog Den follower, so she is shout a, out, yeah, Miss Duhamel. She's a big supporter. Shout out to her. Love her. And she was like, you should talk about badminton on the podcast. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I will. You know, maybe I'll get some me playing badminton footage of you. I know me and Riley have had some competitive games in the past in my backyard with the net and the lines all set up. Competitive, to say the least. Yes, we're two. Besides myself, Riley's the most competitive person I know. So it makes for an interesting atmosphere, but definitely um, some fun, fun stuff. I think the thing to take away here is, you know, even if it's in gym class, even if it's in your backyard, competitiveness is necessary. It builds character. And, you know, you always feel more satisfied with a win. Yeah, it's it, and my thing is you play sports to have fun, right? No. And to me, and to me, no. You and play to me, win. No, no, no. You play to have fun. But to me, winning is fun. So that's why I do everything I can in my power to win because I don't like losing. I hate losing, and it's not fun. So winning is fun. That's what makes sports fun. That's my take on it. Totally agree. So, um... With that, I would say the Colts had a pretty fun night last night. <laughs> That's a great transition. They sure did. They sure did. Ran all over the Jets. Like ran and literally threw ran. And they did basically did everything. They did. So. Well, running to say the least. I mean, yeah. Naeem Himes and Jonathan Taylor were just a dual threat in the backfield last oh, night. Oh, it was killer. Jonathan Taylor had 200 scrimmage <laughs> yards and I. Shout and he out. left the game for a little bit. Yeah, shout out to the O-line, though, because they were making holes that I could have gotten, like, five yards out of. Jonathan Taylor, of course, turns those holes into, you know, like, 20, 25 yards. But I, my, my scrawny thing could have gone out there and, like, held the ball and maybe 
fell over for five yards in those holes because the O line fumbled when you got the hit. Yeah, maybe, but the O line was doing a fantastic job. So I like that a lot. You know, old. We talk about all the stars in the league, but you know, offensive line—they're what they're, they make the plays happen. Very underappreciated. So we love you and shout out my boy Quentin Nelson. I think you're the best in the league at your job. Yeah, so he's had a slow start to the season. The whole Colts O line has—they've been real with injuries, and especially Quentin Nelson. And they just came out here against, you know, a weaker, a weaker Jets team, a weaker Jets defense, and they just—it doesn't matter. They're still NFL players. They're still professionals. They're still great players and they just came out there and dominated for every game for the Colts now is pretty much must win must win in that division with the Titans I mean that's going to be a a crazy finish and they know every game's a must win for them because they know the Titans are going to be tough competition for the playoffs because the AFC is kind of stacked but I don't I don't gotta win the games you gotta you gotta win the games you need to win that's just that's how it goes I don't see the Colts winning the division just because they've already dropped two to the Titans so they're gonna have to hope for a wild card because even if they are tied even if they do go on a crazy winning streak um they're still probably not gonna take the division because they they dropped that tragic loss to the Titans last week which they needed that that was right massive and their first primetime game against the titans i mean that was close too and it just didn't end in their favor i mean great matchups maybe maybe would maybe they'll meet up in the playoffs again but you know anything's possible with derrick henry and his absence from the titans that's true. true that's true that actually makes me want to think of a fantasy point of that do you guys think that ryan Tannehill and the passing offense aj brown julio who's been a non-factor but do you think they prosper in no. the absence of Henry or take a hit? Absolutely not. I I have to agree with Riley. I feel like they're going to have to change up their approach 100%. I mean, you look at the Titans' offense, and they run a lot of play action, a lot of runs up the middle, and maybe with the absence of Derrick Henry, with your third down back, who's a receiving back, maybe you're going to have to take it from the shotgun a little more and take some deep shots downfield. We kind of talked about this uh, two weeks ago on our episode where we talked about, um, who was it, uh, the running back from the Browns. Dearness Johnson. Dearness Johnson. And we were talking about how it's pretty easy to fill a running back role with a backup. A lot of teams are doing it, especially this year because with all the, the injuries. With the exception of Derrick With the exception of Derrick Henry. So now Derrick Henry's out, there's not very many people to even – like try to replace him with yeah. he is he is that offense and it's gonna be tough it's I'm excited to see how they adjust to it um Mike Vrabel I'm excited to see where where the play calling goes from here I think you guys are pretty stern on the like Tannehill and AJ Brown's value going down in fantasy I don't necessarily see them taking a hit I think Tannehill could throw more interceptions which he's been doing I think he's gonna we start throwing the ball 45 50 times a game he's gonna be like that's just what's gonna happen and we're gonna see if jeremy jeremy mcnichols and ap can actually fill that role and prove us wrong about derrick henry being irreplaceable but i still think the opportunities are gonna be there in that offense they're still gonna have a lot of volume and it might not be the most efficient but it'll it'll be there i don't think you should like worry or shaking your boots or trade aj brown or anything like that it might decrease a little bit. Maybe hell, maybe it might increase. Who knows? It's, we're just going to have to wait and see with that one. It's kind of hard to predict. Well, I I think the Titans might struggle a little more offensively to start, but I don't see their fantasy values going down. I see A.J. Brown's fantasy value going up. I see Julio's fantasy value going up. I even see Ryan Tannehill's fantasy value going up. Because, you know, we've seen 
Ryan Tannehill in the goal line, make plays, get touchdowns on the ground, and he's he's not a mobile QB, but he's not just going to mm. sit in the pocket. He can get he's out. He's mobile. So he's mobile. With that, I think um, I think all their fantasy values go up, even if he throws more interceptions. I feel like he's going to get touchdowns in the red zone. I feel like he's going to throw for a lot more touchdowns. Um, yeah, I think not this week. I'll tell you that that's a big thing. He's going to get so many more touchdowns, which is what has been, you know, the lack of his production this year. Because Derrick Henry steals two, two away from him a game, you know. You, it's impossible to not hand the ball off to a guy like Derrick Henry on the goal line. And now they're going to have to put the ball in Tannehill's hands more there. So Yeah, I think been... I, from a fantasy standpoint for the Titans, God, I we see. We say that a lot, don't we? Jimmy says it a lot. Yeah, I, I see their value going up. The Big players. Yeah, I see you That's not. I see you story. not. Dog dead, John. I see you not starting Tannehill this week. Can you explain to me why against that tough Rams defense? Because I have Joe Burrow, and I feel as if last week he didn't fail me, and hopefully this week he doesn't either. They do play the Browns, but the Browns defense has been shaky this year. Now that I'm thinking about it, it might not be the best play with Miles Garrett on that O line. But Aaron Donald and Von Miller, though. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. It's kind of a lose lose. Maybe Tannehill goes for a big one. I don't know. They're neither of them are terrible options, but I'm just gonna have to. It'll be it'll be a game time decision for me. Well, I think with your decision here, it comes down to the secondaries they're playing because both of them are gonna be. Th- Joe Barrow always throws the ball a lot, mm-hmm. and Ryan Tannehill is gonna have to throw the ball a lot. So it's like, who do you think has the better matchup in the secondary? I don't know. Uh, it, it comes down to the it's yeah, a D line and the Browns secondary know. isn't good at all. <laughs> the Browns secondary has let up like the third most passing yards yet this season. Yeah, but so. the Rams hasn't been good either. It's been pretty J- solid. Jalen Ramsey top ten. Jalen Ramsey locks up the other side of the field, but besides that, they lost Troy Hill and John John Johnson in the off season. It hasn't been the same as it as it has been in the past. So I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe I'll keep you guys updated on who I choose to start this week. But um, besides that, I don't even think we talked about the Thursday night game. But uh, we the moral of the story bit. is Jonathan Taylor is going to be a stud for you for the rest of the season, as is Michael Carter, the Jets' rookie running back. He is getting crazy volume in the pass game. He's a very he's a very talented player, very good runner, very shifty, makes people miss, makes plays, and he's had a knack for the end zone thus far this season. So he's someone you want on your team. He's someone who you're going to seriously think about starting every week. Also, Ty, Ty Johnson stole one last night. But. Yeah. Also, Michael Pittman Jr. He's just he, he's honestly a set it and forget it at this point. Yeah. He, he's just solidifying himself as the top receiver on that roster and a top receiver in fantasy too. And I just want to touch on the Jets for a second. I mean, they did put up thirty points. Mm-hmm. They and that's with their third string QB. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if Mike White stayed in the game, that could have been a different story. I disagree. Because at the a lot of those touchdowns came in yeah, garbage, garbage time man. at the end, right. and it, if you watch the first half, which is what I watched most of, the um, Colts scored every single time a touchdown. They scored a touchdown in every single drive, four drives, four touchdowns. The, that is, I'm sorry, we love Mike White here. He's a legend, but Mike White is not going down and scoring four touchdowns and four drives. I'm sorry, he had a great first drive, looked good, but that is. It wasn't going to get kept up. It doesn't matter if Josh Johnson was in the game or Mike White. They 
weren't winning that game. I agree that he wouldn't go down score four times, but I feel like he could have made it more manageable towards the end of the game where there could have been a Jets push. Possibly, but it... It's, it's, hard not, to it's not even on the offense. offense it's hard to compare a second string and a points. third stringer. It's that's just something that's hard to compare. Yeah, yeah, it's also we at the end of the day, know. it's the Jets' defense's fault. That is that is it. The the Colts could run all over them and get whatever they want, whenever they want. And Carson Wentz was slinging the ball downfield, so they really had no chance at any point in that. Other oh, Elijah Moore had twenty eight fantasy points yeah. last night. Rookie receiver. A lot of people touchdowns. had high hopes for him, and who knows? Uh, he's if was you, that with the you, absence of Corey Davis? The, he didn't play last night. Yeah, Corey Davis didn't play, so that out. definitely helped them out. But if you have an open roster spot, doesn't hurt to pick him up, see where it goes. That's that and that. Where where do you think Zach Wilson fits in with all of this stuff going on? I know Robert Sala had the interview. Um, he had the press conference, and he was like, "It is. It's pretty much any man's job right now. It's it's Zach Wilson's to lose, but it's Mike White's and, and Josh Johnson's to gain, and he's." He's open. He's open to both of them right now. Is what pretty much exactly what he said. Yeah. So I, I think he, there's equal opportunity there in New Jersey for all three of them. Yeah, I like that from Robert Sala because at the end of the day, Zach Wilson's a rookie quarterback rookie. and he hasn't earned anything. Yep. As a matter of fact, he hasn't shown us anything. Mm-hmm. And a guy like Mike White comes in, a six-round pick is balling. So yeah, it should be anyone's game and. I guess we'll have to see how that plays out in the upcoming weeks, but it's definitely something to look at. Michael Carter's values rose um, crazily with Mike White in the game, mm-hmm. and actually any other quarterback without Zach Wilson, but that's also because of his playing time going up and him being the starter. Anyway, that it's just something to keep an eye on in the future going forward. Um, we also have some interesting NFL news revolving around Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. in the league and his vaccination stance status mm-hmm. so is he vaccinated he is not he has told the league that he is immunized 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 uh-huh. center right the first immunized yeah. immunized oh immunized mm-hmm. attaboy right? that's a tricky word to say we need to google it <laughs> before we start this but still couldn't pronounce it right i yeah i don't think i'll ever get that one immunized m u nice Immunized. Not this again. Anyway, yeah. so he's not vaccinated. <laughs> Jameis. <laughs> Jameis. <Anyway>. No! <laughs> Alright. Um. Don't get me going. <laughs> he's not vaccinated. He said he was on the Matt Pat Matt Matt Pat Pat, Pat McAfee. Dude, holy God. Pat McAfee. He was on the Pat Dude. McAfee yes, show. He was on the Pat McAfee show on his podcast. And he said he said some stuff. He said I'm not an anti-vax flat earther. I have an allergy to an ingredient that's in the mRNA vaccines. I found a long-term immunization protocol to protect myself, and I'm very proud of the research that went into it. So clearly, his immunization isn't working too well because he's got the vids, and (laughs) he's not playing this week, and he's not vaccinated. He lied to the league. He lied to everyone. Yep. But the Packers are also accountable for this because they knew. Like, they, they run the test. They knew he wasn't. All his teammates knew he wasn't. So, I don't know. He did technically never say he was vaccinated. He said he was immunized. Yeah, so I guess I guess it was sort of a half lie in that sense. And, um, no, it was a lie. He just no, it was a lied. half lie. He, he didn't say he was vaccinated. Yeah. He said he was protected from the virus. 
It it was like it was definitely like, it was like such a and if he is a pull way around if he is allergic which no one really knows he's just saying no, he's that definitely not dude that's not um, a good thing I've never heard anyone yeah, say that ever I, I no you can they did a whole Fox News thing on it mm. it was interesting I watched it well anyway I feel like he was taking a shot at Kyrie Irving in that sense I don't know I don't know dude. <laughs> which I it's found just... funny. But you know, everyone cares a lot. I think about this. I think this is gonna lead to a lot of like tarnish on Aaron Rodgers' name and a lot of. It really hasn't so a lot far. Of, a lot of criticism. I don't think it will. I think this dude's too loved. He's too much of a legend, especially Everyone. him posting those memes on his Instagram story. Like, how can you not <laughs> love, love those. this dude? He's like a free spirit. Honestly, who cares? They, they weren't forced to to take the vaccine, so it's just. The only way, way he's wrong is in the sense that he was, like, kind of lying in, like, a loophole sense. That's the only way he's wrong. He's not wrong for not having the vaccine. That, that's not something he's wrong for because that's anyone's choice. But it's just kind of a sticky situation. I think everyone cares a little bit too much about it. I don't think it's a too too big of a deal, but, yeah, that's that. You look at it, and they're going through the they're going through the right process. He's quarantined. They they did contact tracing. The team set. So yeah. when you look at it, the Packers are doing it right. I mean, it's sort of a sticky situation, which should blow over. Oh, it will. 100%. And um, hopefully, Aaron Rodgers can have a full, safe recovery and go back to the Rodgers he was. Yeah, I'm sure he will. I mean, I kind of touched on it that maybe he won't, but. You know, who knows? We're just going to have to wait and see. But the more interesting thing that we should be talking about is the fantasy part, which this whole you know podcast is supposed to be about, which is you know how it's going to affect the Packers' offense with Jordan Love under center this Sunday. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I see a, a decent-sized impact on the receivers, but I see Aaron Jones – getting a lot of volume against that Chiefs run defense. They're going to lean on the on the backfield. They're, They're going to lean, lean on heavy. AJ and yeah. Aaron. I'll see, yeah, I was going to say I'll see AJ Brown, uh, not Oli. AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon, yeah, sorry. Getting a lot of work. Not a lot, but you know, use prior not utilizing him. That's the word. Utilizing him with yeah. Aaron Jones. And um if you say you have a running back on a bye week and there's no one good on the waivers, you don't have a good backup, pick up AJ Dillon. Yeah, that would be a pretty desperate um, look there, but it's it's definitely if you have no other options, it's a it's a good one. Um, but yeah, the look for the Packers to create opportunities for Jordan Love through the run game to create opportunities with you know getting the defense focused on the run game, get some play action, get some bootlegs, get some rollouts, maybe some read options. Who knows? He's a mobile quarterback, so they're gonna try to work with him in that sense, and. So yeah, you think maybe Devonta Adams takes a hit because the whole reason he's so good is because of the chemistry that him and Aaron Rodgers have has have have had have have had have yeah. Holy grammar session today. Well, I don't know. We're, going. we're not English majors. Um, Mrs. Duhamel can help us. Out. Say <laughs> you have Aaron Rodgers as your starting quarterback in fantasy, and you don't have any uh, QBs on your bench. Where are you looking to Jordan Love this week? I don't think he's. I think he's a solid start. For sure, he's like I said, he's a mobile quarterback. It's which, a good defense. It's a it's, it's a, a it's, it's a, a good great defense. opportunity. Yeah. It's a great defense to be playing, and he yeah. has the leg work, and he could sneak in for a touchdown on the ground. Who knows? Maybe he has a great day. Who knows? But I think it's not a terrible option at all. Um, 
yeah, if you yeah, if you have Aaron Rodgers on your team and you don't have like a better option than him, um, I'm starting Jordan Love. I think Jimmy should have done that this week, but I picked him up. And then you dropped them. Yep. I started Mike White. <laughs> he got injured, but he had a good first drive. It was looking promising in the beginning of the game. We're all in favor of Jimmy getting last in this. Yeah, they're Dude, doing. Have we told them what the last yes, person has to do? Yes, yes. Yeah, the last, the, last, the last title of the podcast was Jimmy has to wear what? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on. The Cleveland Browns are also moving on from Odell Beckham Jr. God, your transitions are on point today, Jim. They're pretty good right now. They're on point. That was a good one. <laughs> they're they're moving on. And He's so, gone. Cut. This is a lot. It brings up a lot of questions. Like, where's Odell gonna go? And uh, it seems like the top runners right now uh, fall with the Saints, Packers, and Raiders. What about the Ravens, dude? Where are they in the list? The honestly, dude, that would be like, sick, dude. That would don't tell me. I want a homecoming. I just don't think it's gonna happen with the. Well, here's the thing: is is the, the he's a, so he didn't have a problem. He doesn't have a problem with Joe Judge. He doesn't even know Joe Judge. So here's so he the thing: is at this point in his career. He's looking for a team that he can win with. Okay, he's never really been on a like he he's leaving the Browns. Okay, they're a winning team. Okay, are they gonna win a Super Bowl? No. He's looking for a team that he can go out and win with. And wh- wh- where's he gonna find that? I don't know. I think personally, I think a cool fit would be the Raiders. We I mean we've mentioned uh, the Raiders have tried to get Derek Carr an elite level receiver with the whole uh, Antonio Brown situation. Then they drafted Henry Ruggs. Now. That's done. So, so it opens up a spot, too. Yeah, maybe try you OBJ. Look at that. I, we, we don't really know if OBJ is washed or not because he never really had, you know, in like a ample amount of opportunity on the Browns. He could be completely washed up and just be trash. He's had extensive amount of injuries. So that could be a factor. But I think he still needs the opportunity to go into an offense and kind of be a, be a dog. And just get, he's get got a the very, opportunity. A very he deserves cheap, opportunity. He's got a very cheap contract for the rest of the year, so any team with low salary caps can can pick him up. I mean, he's got a he's got a cheap salary for the rest of the year. He has barely any money really guaranteed to him. So it's any it's any team's game, pretty much well, at this point. Here's my thing with um Odo going to the Raiders. I mean, what a tough year for the Raiders. Not from a football standpoint, just from like a media standpoint. Yeah, they've been great and, on the field. And Odell has always been a cancer in the locker room. We've seen it with both two franchises now. So, are the Raiders willing to bring, like, which could possibly be more negatively, uh, well, more negative media attention to their clubhouse? He would be an awful fit. I like it. He I would be an awful fit. I just fit love, the I love the Raiders. It's fit. already a broken think, down franchise. That's what I'm saying. It's a broken down franchise. I think he would look so good in those unis. And I he would also look great think, in a Saints uni. No, no, the black. I I'm not a big Raider, but I still think. Anyway, I just think it it would it could be something magical. I think it could push them over the edge, push them where they need to be. Maybe in the locker room, it could push them over the edge. I don't, I don't see him don't going know. out I on think, the Raiders I think and will being be t- the prob like. I fixing. think he's mellowed out. I think he's mellowed out a little bit. The whole thing with the with the Browns is it seems like they don't want him more than he doesn't want to be there. Well. It was said that he's basically not even part of the team anymore. Well, he's not. Well, yeah, now he no, isn't. Days before he was released, yeah. they said that he would like he's just not part of the team. 
and talked about that. And yeah. his dad, which we also touched on Wednesday, released an eleven minute video of Baker Mayfield not throwing to him. I mean, how can you justify that he's mellowed out? He didn't tweet it. Oh my god. That's still his name. Yeah, Jimmy, if you if you're crapping play, on a franchise. Jimmy, if you're if you're like have a rough game of baseball and you're annoyed with the teammate, you go home and talk to your parents about it and they and does your mom go and post something on Twitter about it? That's not an OBJ. It's not like OBJ was sitting there on his phone like telling him to post it. He probably just stressed his frustration with Baker and his dad goes out and posts it. That's not necessarily on him. Does he have like somewhat of a part in it? Yes, but like the it's what I'm saying is it's it just with, doesn't it's look with good. his name. Yeah, it doesn't look good. I don't know. I, I, I just hope he gets a chance. I haven't always been the biggest OBJ guy, but I, I just want to see him get a chance so I can genuinely know if he's washed or not. Okay, I think a good way to wrap up this segment is um, where do you think he would land? Let's take our predictions. Raiders. He's coming home. He's, he's coming back to the Meadowlands, dude. That's my guess. I think... I think he's gonna go to the Packers. I think he's going to Green Bay. I think he's gonna win a win a, a Super Bowl. Can I switch my prediction? Yes. He's gonna go to New England. Why do you think that? Bill Belichick. Mm, I mm, I don't know. I just got a, a knack. I I feel like the the Patriots need a star. They need a star. They've never had a star on the offensive side of the ball besides for Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. They've never had a star. They've tried to get <laughs> okay, stars. Okay, Randy Moss. They've never. Oh, okay, okay. One season, bro. Come on. There's two. Two. Okay. All right. Um, 2007. I have to disagree they, with that just because the Patriots. Peach- 15 years ago. 12 years ago. Yeah. They had a star. They haven't they had, had a star. Okay. Of star. They had a dude who, in that uniform, broke the touchdown record. I'm sorry. Let me season. let me refix my, my statement. They haven't had a star in 12 seasons. Thank so, you. Okay, there we go. Yeah. So they need a star. I mean, Tom Brady's pretty good. <laughs> I said Tom Brady and I Rob mean, Gronkowski. Yeah, Gronk is pretty good, I would say. Yeah. I said their names. I mean, Julian Edelman could be a Hall of Famer. Julian Edelman could be working at Walmart if he played for any other quarterback. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> anyway, I don't think he's going to the Patriots. Patriots are on a roll right now, and I don't think Bill Belichick is going to take take a shot with Odell's record to ruin. I don't mind. I don't mind the on. Patriots take. I don't understand because we've your seen with we've Odell. seen we've seen he's a cancer, dude. Dude, no. I Odell Beckham Jr. is a cancer to any franchise he will go to. That's right what here. they said about AB. Look at him but now. AB yeah. has Tom AB, Brady. AB, That's why I think Odell AB also got cut from his team, mm-hmm. signed to the Patriots right after. I mean, he did get cut a game after, but still, the, this whole same thing happened with AB and the Patriots, and Bill Belichick is that guy to go out and get him. That That's who Bill Belichick is. He, he is the dude to show up on your front doorstep, old-fashioned, with, like, I don't even know. I don't even know what they want, like... But he's showing up on your doorstep like with your moms and your pops and he's saying, you're coming to play with me. He's not scared a- of problems. He's a- signed Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown. That's a- two of them right there. A.B. A- and Josh more? Gordon went to the Patriots because of Tom Brady. Okay, not Bill Belichick. Mac Jones is just the same dude. With the no, number. he's not. <laughs> not you. Dude. And why is A.B. in Tampa right now? Because of Tom Brady. And that's why I think Odell is going to go to the Packers because of Aaron Rodgers. Okay. 
Anyway. Yeah, let's just put him on a team with already that has three, one, very, very good wide receiver, if not the best in the league, and then oh, two the wide receivers to follow up on that that are also very good. So let's just throw him in a program where he's going to get... Randall ab- Cobb? He is going to get... Ab- Randall Cobb is nice. Marcus Valdez scantling Alan, Alan Lazard. Alan Randall Cobb. They have a... They have he's a, better than all three of those guys. They... Arky, he's going to be the wide receiver two. Don't you want to see him go somewhere where he's going to be the wide receiver one? Not really. Why? I don't think he What's will be a slander on I don't Odell? think he would be a wide receiver one. You have receiver a slander on Odell. He has a slander I think we're done talking about this because we're just burning time and no one really cares <clears throat> about our opinions on where he's going to go because it doesn't matter at all. What else well, you got? Well, it's a topic to talk about. What else we got? There's and, something um, else to talk about. Okay. Cardinals game this week. We have two... Very notable questionables to play, and that's Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, these two guys are game-time decisions coming to the game. Um, I think Kyler's going to go. Your quarterback, most likely he's going to play, if, unless they have like some serious concerns. I think there's no shot he doesn't play. D-Hop, though, I'm not so sure about him. Well, I think, um, I think the Cardinals could possibly take a um, – Take sort of a Cowboys approach like they did with um, Dak Prescott and maybe take a game. I don't know in a division. But game. It is don't a, take a division it, game. Like it that. is a divisional game. Yes, that's not. And happening. so well, I'm race. not sure. They're in a race with the Rams. They're a one loss team. That ain't happening. They're in a race with the Rams. They not in a divisional one. game. One game for the rest of the season. The Niners also it could aren't. happen. A joke. They're not. Oh my god. They're not. They're not. I don't, I, don't, you, I don't think the Niners would win even if Kyler Murray wasn't playing. The surge is coming. The surge is coming. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> more COVID talk. Saquon Barkley and Xavier McKinney are off the COVID list for the New York Giants, and they should play against the Las Let's Vegas go. Raiders this week. Let's go. So, so do I don't you think start, Saquon's going to play. Do you start Saquon if he does play? Yeah. Yeah, you got to start him. Chances you are dra- if you, you ha- drafted him in the first round within the first five picks, you're starting him. Chances okay. are if you have him, you're down bad already. Yeah. So you're looking for. <laughs> you already made that decision to, to yeah, draft you're him. You're looking for so. any hope you've got there. Yeah. Another backfield to be talked about is the Eagles one. It was such a weird game without Miles Sanders. It was Jordan Howard getting two touchdowns, Boston Scott getting two touchdowns, and Kenneth Gainwell getting absolutely no yeah. work, who has been the secondary man to Miles Sanders. The whole season thus far, and um, he basically just got thrown out the window for this game, and it was very weird to see. So I think you trust no one in that offense. They're clearly, 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 clearly using a committee. They're switching out people like every down. Uh, I'm staying like 15, 20, 25, 30 feet away from that backfield in fantasy. I'd honestly rather start myself than start any of those dudes and just pray for a touchdown. So your social distancing times five. You're also I'm you're big also, time social distancing. Yeah, me as well. You're also a free agent. So yeah. I'd be zero points where someone I'll take a goose egg in the pride of playing myself in my roster rather than anyone in the Eagles backfield right now. It's like a fifty fifty. So we're staying away from anymore. the Eagles and um on another bird note we have the Falcons and they have the Saints this week. And um it looks like uh Simeon will be starting for the Saints. And what do you think about that game? Yeah, so you got Trevor Seaman coming in. Um, Semyon. Semyon? Yeah, that's the name. No, it's Seaman. <laughs> anyway, he's coming. <laughs> he's got. He's coming in, and uh, he's he's gonna go. 
Get it done. Maybe not. I don't know. Taysom is Hill. Is the I after the E or is it before the A? No, his real name is Trevor Simeon. I don't know how it's spelled, but that. You want me to give you closure? No, it's Simeon. Okay. Just wondering. It is okay. S I E M I A N. Simeon. 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 It's a mix of both. We'll just call it Simeon. Yeah, but anyway, he's <laughs> he is. It looks like he's going to start. I don't know. Taysom Hill's back, though, so you never know with Sean Payne. He's got a big um, thing for that dude. So, what about from the Falcons' side know. of the ball? How are we thinking with the fantasy standpoint with uh, Calvin Ridley out? I think Kyle Pitts takes a big workload. Do you Would you pick up Russell Gage if he's on your waivers? Um, I don't know. Calvin Ridley was out last week, and Russell Gage dropped a goose egg. So he did. Um, I just, Tajay Sharp played pretty good. I'm staying away. I don't even like that. I don't even. I don't, I don't even know. But with the Falcons talk, looks like another 15 reception game from Cordero Patterson with eight rushes is what it looks like to me. With the Falcons talk, do you want to say it this week? Bold. What? I'm doing a multi bag. Give me a moment. What is it, right? It's pretty bold. Yeah. Bold. Uh, I think you could say it's bold. The bold prediction. I think we want to wait on that one for a moment. I like to talk about Alvin Kamara's fantasy value. So we've seen in the past, especially when Taysom Hill's in the game, Alvin Kamara is practically like not even RB2 with Taysom Hill. So that, if he does sneak his way in, if he does start in the future, that is going to be rough for you. And also, yeah, they just signed Mark Ingram too. So he's going to be um, snealing like 5-4. Six, seven, eight carries a game, maybe a couple receptions. So those are all scary things with um, the whole the whole situation there in New Orleans. I mean, obviously Alvin Kamara is that guy, and if anyone's gonna make do, it's him. But it's still something that's gonna hang over your head a little bit if you own Alvin Kamara. That's all I want to say. I'm still like, are you saying to not start Alvin Kamara? No, I'm not saying that. That's what it sounded like to me. That's what it sounded like to me. More, I- more of what I'm kind of trying to say is I'd trade him. It might be too late now, but that's probably what I would have done this week. I probably would have traded him. Yeah, I can see that. Especially after last year. I mean, you really got screwed over with the Drew Brees injury. Yeah, I did. And that six touchdowns in the in the fantasy football championship really screwed him over, didn't it? No, Alvin Kamara single-handedly, actually Alvin Kamara and Devonta Adams single-handedly picked my whole squad up, threw them on their back. And ran to the finish line, but fell short because Alvin Kamara caught the vid, started coughing and sneezing and stuff, and tripped and fell. And, uh, yeah, Devontae couldn't get it done alone. (laughs) So that was that. And, anyway, what were we talking about, Jim? Remind me, something with a B? The bold prediction! Wow! Oh, I'm electrified! Really, aren't you? Holy goosebumps. Yeah, I'm just... This week... The Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons, fly birds fly, will take down the New Orleans Saints in an absolute battle. That's the bold prediction, basically. Yeah, we got Falcons over Saints. Falcons divisional, over Saints. divisional matchup. You know, the, there's a lot of things to look at this week. Personally, I'm not even going to say it, but there, there, there are some decent options here. But I think that the way the Falcons have been playing in the you know, a lot of questions with the Saints offense. This could be some, a game that the Falcons could take and could be huge for their season. 
And I maybe mean, this win might maybe make Calvin Ridley a little happier and make him come back and play some football. That would be awesome. I mean, you know, Matty Ice is rolling right now. He's finding his connection with Kyle Pitts, and the Falcons are playing well. Defense is holding up decently, and I feel like they're going to come away with this win. Yep. What do you think, Riley? I think it's a good prediction. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So, um... I think we're going to leave you there. We're going to still pump out the uh, the content. Another vlog coming your way soon. Wednesday and Friday podcast episodes scheduled as usual. And um, I'm going to reflect on my bocce loss. John's going to celebrate his bocce win. Mm-hmm. And um, take it is. Take it is.